Check, check, mic check. Check, check, mic check. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Envy. I'm your podcast boss, Andrea Clunder, and today we're starting something new, and I have with me a guest on Podcast Envy. And no, this is not an excerpt from The Creative Imposter like my other so-called guests have been. And no, this is not podcast therapy with Hannah, though I definitely still want to do more of those episodes as well. This is a legit other podcaster here on Skype with me. And this is the first episode of a series that is a crossover between The Creative Imposter and Podcast Envy. We are talking all about podcasting, surprise, and imposter syndrome. You know, that feeling that you get sometimes in your solar plexus, that upper abdomen area between your navel and your heart, where you feel like it's only a matter of time before everyone figures out that you're a fraud, that you're really not all that. And a bag of chips, where did that phrase come from? (laughs) Where did it go? Anyways, it's that feeling like you're never going to be good enough. You're going to be found out. You really don't know what you're talking about. You are not who you say you are, or you're not who you wish everyone thought you were. It comes in a lot of different flavors, and we're going to be talking about it with podcasters on the show, starting with Bree Seely of But How. I'll be linking to all things Bree Seely in the show notes for this episode. Be sure to check out her show wherever you are listening to this podcast, and follow her on her favorite social media platform, Instagram. And I hope you enjoy our interview. Bree Seely, podcaster from But How. So actually, you are the first. You are the first of the great crossover between the creative imposter and podcast envy. And I love that you're first because you are somebody who you easily flow between business language, like VAs and return on investment, and then like the super woo-woo Abraham Hicks and intentions and rituals and crystals. (laughs) That's enough of me rambling on and on and giving context for our conversation. I would love to know from you a little bit about your show, how it came to be, and what makes it unique from your perspective. So, but how came to me really honestly just in March. So this is kind of like my third podcast. And what I started realizing, I started really listening to my people and then had a few sales calls with people and they all said the exact same thing to me. They said, I know exactly where I am. I know exactly where I want to be, but how do I get there? And I just had this light bulb moment where I was like, that's the biggest question. People get so hung up on that. How, but how am I going to make it happen? I have this vision. I have this idea, but like in real life, how is this all going to play out? And a lot of people get so hung up on the how that they end up blocking themselves or not even starting or, you know, like just waiting and everything has to be perfect or whatever. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do a podcast all about the how, which is so funny because people literally want me to be like, first you do this and now you do this and now you do this. And that's not at all what the show is about. In fact, I encourage people to not ask how, which is a little counterintuitive, but you know. And we were just talking a moment ago about how you recently changed. So a few different things. One, I launched my first solo podcast last year in conjunction with my book. So it was kind of a a bit of a marketing move. 
And it was all interviews. It was people coming on talking about how they've taken leaps in their life and, and the big things that they've done and kind of how they've navigated that, right? And the conversations were good and, and they were interesting and people were telling, you know, decent stories. But I just started to feel out of alignment with the interview style. It just didn't feel good. And I say as I'm here doing an interview, I feel like a lot of them just end up being very repetitive. And so... <laughs> I will say about myself, I try to throw in different, I think I have two stories to tell you today are very, I don't usually share them. So it just started feeling out of alignment. And then I also realized too, that I didn't want like I'd renamed my group and I'd done all these things to be my book title. Mm -hmm. But the book was a thing that I did. And there's going to be another book and another book. And I don't want to have to rename everything every time I have a new book come out. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like an overarching idea for my podcast versus having one that was specifically tailored to my book. Okay, first of all, remind me, your book is Permission to Leap? Yes. I think that's so true that naming things, you know, like for me, I started The Creative Imposter, and it wasn't a business at that time. It was just a podcast. And it was a name that people really like. They're intrigued by that name. And okay, but what kind of business is that? I don't really know. And then people thought that I coach people on imposter syndrome, and I really don't. And then I started a podcast coaching service, and I called it Podcast Envy. And then Mm. I started a podcast called Podcast Envy. And then I was like, wait, but now do I have two business right. names? Do I have the creativeimposter.com and podcastenvy.com? And my Facebook group is the creative imposter, but that doesn't make sense because it's not about podcasting. It's like, ah, how do you describe all the things and put them into one umbrella where everything makes sense and everything has the right name? That can be really hard to figure out. Well, and I also think too, as entrepreneurs, you know, we have different phases that we kind of go through. Like when I first started coaching three years ago, the program I put out was called the feminine key. It didn't last very long because it wasn't aligned, like it wasn't marketable. And mm-hmm. and so I've come through a few different iterations of like I, I did two years ago, the way I grew my group so quickly is I was doing a challenge called manifest with Bree. Well, it was amazing for like a year. And then I realized I don't want to be teaching people how to manifest. I want to be teaching people how to create manifestation is shallow and temporary creation is like really tapping into your personal power. And so then I did another shift in terms of like, renaming what I was doing. And so you know, we go through different iterations of business, as we're moving forward as entrepreneurs, it's not like we pick one thing and stick with it forever. I think it's just about being in flow with what's in alignment for you in that moment. Mm, I think that leads us perfectly into talking about imposter syndrome and authenticity, because I hear I kind of hate the word authenticity right now because I feel like it's one of those words that was awesome and then it got used a lot. And now it's a buzzword and and it feels inauthentic to use the word authenticity. When that word jumped the shark was when H&M put out a shirt, like it was some big oversized shirt and it was black and on the front of it in big white letters, it said like authentic. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) about that. That's so funny. I do hear, though, authenticity, not the buzzword authenticity, the real word authenticity. I hear that a lot in your brand and in your messaging as a value and something that's really important to you. And I tend to think of this play between this feeling of imposter syndrome and this desire for authenticity. And I know that you shared with me one imposter story over Facebook, and you said that you have two stories. So where do you want to begin? So the first one that I shared with you was one that I had when I was making the transition out of fashion and into coaching. When I made that switch, 
parts of it were really easy because my why didn't change. The what and the how changed. And in letting go of the title of fashion designer, I went through an entire identity death. Like my ego was so wrapped up in being a fashion designer that it put up one heck of a fight that was like, we are a fashion designer. We are nothing but a fashion designer. You can't let this go. You're not shutting your business down. Like it was nine months of a fight. And I had to shed so many layers of who I was in that process. And there was one day in particular that I will never forget. I was living in Silver Lake at the time and I was working from home and was having a really rough day in general anyways. And one of my closest friends, his name's Michael Poole. He's a photographer. I love him dearly. Text messaged me out of the blue and said, Bree Seeley, always remember that you're a rock star. And I looked down at my phone and I read it and I burst out into tears and was like, I don't believe that that's true. And I had recently started a series where I was interviewing women. It was for a book project called The Inspirational Woman Project. And here I was uplifting these 99 women and sharing their stories about how inspirational they were in the world and how they were impacting other people's lives. And yet when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see the same for myself. And I just had this moment where I'm like, I am a total fraud. I'm a fake. I'm a phony. I'm saying that this is possible for every woman in the world. Because like the the hundredth interview in my book was blank. So that whoever picked up the book got to see themselves as an inspirational woman. And here I was selling it, but not believing it for myself. And I just remember like crumbling on the couch and just getting the box of tissues and just crying. And I spent a few days like in the fetal position, just really looking for the first time at where I didn't believe in myself on such a deep level that a text message as simple as that could trigger within me this, you're not important. You're not what you think you are. You're not a rock star. You're not an inspirational woman, like all these things. And it was a really poignant moment for me because for me, instead of going down the spiral of being ashamed about it or anything, it was an invitation to be like, what if I could be? And so from that point forward, I started working with my coach about it and started looking for proof. And I remember every single night I would get out my five minute journal and I would write one to two instances of proof from that day that I had been inspirational. I had either inspired myself, I'd inspired someone else around me, it's like something. And little by little, the tides began to shift so that I could look in the mirror and be able to look myself in the eye and say, you are inspirational. I imagine that could be so difficult to do in the beginning. Like, I'm (laughs) going to write down all the proof and my brain would immediately come up with all of the anti-proof, right? (laughs) And, you know, I always tell people, and I do remember starting small, you know, I connected with the person checking out my groceries today. Like, I looked them in the eye and I acknowledged them. Someone retweeted one of my tweets. Like, clearly they were inspired by it, right? Or, like, it really was baby steps, little by little by little. And then, you know, once you can start the momentum moving behind that, it starts to become a little more natural, a little easier, a little less forced. And it's a process. And I know for me, it definitely was not an overnight thing. Still, even after those few days of being in the fetal position crying, there were more days of being in the fetal position and crying. It's Mm -hmm. not like I just switched to, oh, everything's great now. 
Yeah, I totally resonate with that so much because I also had a career shift when I went from being a yoga studio owner into podcasting and the way that you phrased it, I think you said identity death. Yep. Whoa, that like stabs me in the heart in the best, most sensitive, juicy way. I would have said identity crisis, identity shift, but that's such a perfect phrase for it because that is how it felt. Yeah. And I had wrapped up my ego, had wrapped up so much of my identity in that title where I was like, well, if I'm not a yoga studio owner, then I'm nothing. You know, who am I? That's exactly, that was like literally word for word what went on in my head with fashion too. Like, well, if I'm not a fashion designer, then what am I? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm nothing. So clearly we can't not be a fashion designer because then we're nothing. We're worthless. So I started podcasting with a show about creativity and imposter syndrome. And now I have a show about podcasting and I do podcast launch coaching and consulting and I edit shows for other podcasters. And one of the things that comes up more often, I don't know why this surprises me, but it comes up more often than I would have anticipated as an obstacle for starting a podcast is this whole feeling of imposter syndrome. And in fact, when I posted in a Facebook group for podcasters saying that I was looking for guests for this series, I immediately got responses back from people who said, well, what if I haven't launched my show yet and the main reason is imposter syndrome? Can I be on your show? And I was like, that is a response I did not anticipate. Oh, It's that time again, the podcast angel music. It must be encouraging me to tell you how you can get over your imposter syndrome and start your podcast today. Or maybe you already have a podcast, but you're thinking, hmm, you know, a little editing might help me feel more confident, more professional, and more polished. Well, I have excellent news for you. Today's podcast angel is me. And that is our Podcast Envy VIP services. You can put the magic mojo of the Podcast Envy team, that is the Creative Imposter Studios, to work for you in helping express your authentic story through the powerful medium of podcasting. Details of all of my VIP coaching services and packages for the aspiring, new, or seasoned podcaster are available at podcastenvy.com. And if you are ready to add that little extra polish to your podcast or free up some time from stumbling your way through editing, which let's face it, is not your favorite part of the podcasting process, reach out to me because I am now accepting applications for new editing clients through the Creative Imposter Studios for August and September 2018. Podcast Envy VIP and the Creative Imposter Studios. We want to help you make a podcast that matters even better. So tell me how imposter syndrome relates to podcasting for you. So my first podcast, I had a partner. So the two of us were doing it together. The first half was just the two of us jamming. And the second half was always an interview. And periodically, we just have episodes where it was just the two of us. But my concern when we started throwing around the idea was there's no way I'm going to have enough to say. I don't have enough value to bring to a podcast. I don't know enough. I'm not an expert on the, you know, all of the things, all of the various multitudes of topics that we're going to be talking about. If it were just me, I honestly probably wouldn't have started. But because I had a business partner and she and I would record physically in the same space. Mm -hmm. And so we'd be like 
writing to each other as we're sitting next to each other or I'd elbow her and be like, I have nothing to say to this. And it was easier for me to combat that because I knew that if I couldn't fill in the gaps of what was going on in the conversation, like she absolutely could. So we had our podcast for a year and a few months. And in that year and four or five months, I got so comfortable and so accustomed to recording a podcast every week that when we decided that it was shutting down, I was like, oh, of course I'm doing my own podcast. And that's when I started Permission to Leap doing the interviews. But it was interesting because I still did interviews because Mm -hmm. they were safe. Mm -hmm. Because I could just ask really good questions and I still didn't have to like know anything, right? So Mm -hmm. this podcast that I just launched, oh my gosh, three months ago, I launched it on um, spring equinox and summer solstice just happened. So. It's funny because I am loving it so much mm-hmm. that there are weeks. This last week, I put out two episodes. Because <laughs> I just like, I'm so excited. And I have probably a hundred ideas in the back of my notebook just waiting for the time that I can like sit down and record them all. And so I went from having nothing to say and thinking that, you know, I wasn't good enough to be able to like come up with an entire episode by myself to now having so much to say and not enough time to sit down and say it all. And I think for me and anyone that's listening, you know, that easing in process really helped. Now, that's one of my favorite things every single week is sitting down so much so that I completely pretty much transitioned my entire email newsletter into podcast related stuff. My blog, I only release podcast episodes on my blog. Like that's my primary mode of value giving right now. And I want everyone listening right now to pay attention because I find that to be such a common thread. Well, I want to start my podcast, but I'm going to do all interviews because then people will listen because then I don't have to do any solo shows because who is going to want to listen to me talk for 10, 15, 20, God forbid, 30 minutes. But especially if you are using your podcast to build your expertise or to establish yourself as a coach or to promote your services or your practice or your group or your organization, interviews are awesome. Obviously, I'm doing one right now. (laughs) They're fantastic. But the solo episodes are where your listeners like really, really, really get to know you. And you can build that one-on-one relationship with your listener and that know, like, and trust. I'm curious, Brie, have you gotten any feedback directly from your listeners about your solo episodes? I'm just curious. I get so much feedback about them. I got an email from Denmark the other day of this girl. She's like, I am obsessed with you. You've changed my life. Every episode, I feel like you're talking directly to me. I tell everyone I know about you. She's just loved me. I had another woman reach out to me on Instagram and just be like, your episodes are spot on. I actually just had a podcaster interview me who then went and listened to one of my episodes. And he messaged me this morning and was like, I legit spit my coffee out while listening to your episode this week. (laughs) So I actually get a lot of feedback from people. And I've been converting my podcast. Like I've made, I think this year alone, I've made multiple five figures from my podcast. And one of the things I'm transitioning into is starting to have offers in my podcast for like lead magnets and Mm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, obviously the hard part is my listenership is going up like crazy. I hit last week, I had two days where with downloads over 100, which was the first. It's on the upward slide. But those are 100 listeners that I have no way of getting in contact with ever Mm -hmm. again. 
you know, I just started it just to start it. And now it's like, oh, okay, I can do more with this. Mm -hmm. I can actually reach people. I don't have to wait for them to be inspired to ask to work with me. I can now find a way to communicate with them so that I can let them know that there are ways to work with me. And one of the coaches I just hired is totally helping me build out all these systems and backend processes and all this stuff that are is really going to help me be able to serve more people and and not just through a podcast. And, and I say this very openly. I'm like, it's not the podcast that's going to change your life. Yes, you can take information from those things. But if you're not doing anything about it, you would just might as well not even listen. And so there are ways for people to get to know me and get in touch with me and get an idea of what I do. And then I get to actually help them change their lives. And that's probably the coolest thing about what you and I both do, right? Is that it's not just about having a podcast. I don't care about having a podcast. I don't care about having a best-selling book. What I care about is that people are taking that information and doing something with it. And so that's kind of the next step for me with the podcast is like, how can I now help and support the people that are listening to actually do the things in their life? Hmm, that's beautiful. I want to shift gears a little bit and try something. Awesome. These are things that I get asked about a lot with my podcast coaching clients. And of course, I have my opinions and my thoughts and my answers. But I was like, if I'm going to do a whole bunch of interviews with other podcasters, I'm going to pick everyone else's brain and yes. get some resources from them as well. So number one, how long have you been podcasting? Technically, two years. And how did you come up with the title for this show? You kind of already went into that, but just when you're thinking about titles, what's your process? So that title was literally something that a potential client said to me, my current title. My first podcast title was related around a business that I had with that co-host. And then of course, the middle podcast that I had was the name of my book, which I came up with a marketing team that I was using to help launch my book. Wow. So you've really gone about every single possible way you could come up with a, <laughs> a podcast title. And other times too, like, so for example, my first book that I launched, The Inspirational Woman Project, mm -hmm. literally just like came to me, like it smacked me in the face. And I did a Kickstarter with it. I downloaded all of the levels of the Kickstarter. The logo came like flashed in front of my face, the, the title, like everything. So for me, my process is to be open, hmm. whether that's being listening, whether that's receiving information, you know, however that looks, I'm just open and I let the universe kind of show me what it wants of me. Where did you get your cover art? What is my cover art? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a photo, right? A photo of you. It is a photo of me sitting in a chair. It's a photo that people are obsessed with. And then the text is kind of in the white space. And you said Canva. You put it, yeah. made it in Canva. I love Canva. Uh, theme music. Oh, there's this guy online that just has free, I think his name is Ben Sound. And I have downloaded almost, I think all of the theme music I've ever used in anything. What is your biggest strength as a podcaster? I think, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I'm hashtag authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Just in that I'm willing to talk about anything and everything completely openly and vulnerably. In fact, so the woman that emailed me from Denmark, I messaged her back and said, I am so grateful for your message. Thank you so much. This was the best way to wake up on a Saturday morning. I will take this every day of the week to get me out of bed. Thank you. And is there any question that I could answer for you? I'd love to dedicate a podcast to you. She messaged me back and said, I am dealing with the grief of my father's passing if you have any suggestions or tips. And I'm like, oh, man, 
uh, that is not my area of expertise. Mm. And I am currently back in Minneapolis for a short period of time going through my own grief process over my own father's death. And I was like, okay, universe, I see you. (laughs) And so I'm getting ready to do an episode about grief that is not my general subject matter. It's not what I ever would have thought of on my own. And if I'm going through it and she's going through it, there's going to be some sort of value that other people are going to find through it as well. And I'm willing to go there so that the lives of my listeners are impacted and they have an opportunity for transformation in their own lives. Is there anything you dislike about podcasting? Some of the back-end logistical stuff is just like obnoxious. One of my rules for business is that it's stupid easy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I cut a lot of corners with podcasting. And I'm sure my podcast could be way bigger than it is. And my audio quality is not great. And I don't edit my podcast. I just hit record and go. And whatever happens in that 20 minutes happens and the episode goes out. And so, you know, there's a lot of logistical stuff that is just like, I don't have time for that. And I trust that whoever's listening is going to like it or not like it and listen or not listen. And I just put it out. Do you have a worst podcasting moment or a major podcasting fail? That is a great question. (laughs) We actually, so when I had the business partner, we did a podcast episode with an addiction specialist and the first half was just us and the second half was an interview. And so we did this interview with this addiction specialist and at the beginning of the podcast, we would promote whatever we had going on and we had an event coming up and we always had the champagne company who gave us boxes of champagne to serve at our events. And so we promoted this event and we're like, oh, yeah, come join us for our mixer, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be serving bubbles, like come clink a glass with us, da, 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 da. And the addiction specialist took it very, very personally mm. and emailed us. And we were like, OK, I, I don't see it as a fail. It was a little uncomfortable and we had to like go back in and edit out the bubbly part. Mm. That's probably like the the biggest hiccup that I think I ever have had with a podcast. And what is your best advice for an aspiring new or mid-career podcaster? So I would say like the aspiring or beginning podcasters, done is better than perfect. You're never going to knock it out of the park on your first time up to bat. And so the part about getting up to bat is the most important part at this point. You will refine your skills. You will refine your quality. Like all of that will come. You don't have to have five-year experience level podcasting skills in order to get started today. And then for the more advanced podcaster. Oh, mid-career. Yeah, um, I always, I don't know what to call it. I don't like saying for the advanced podcaster. (laughs) Right. I mean, Find a way to take your listeners a little deeper. Like Mm. it's cool to have a podcast, but like I know some podcasters that are starting to host in-person meetups or like I'm doing some lead magnets. For my other podcast, we had a Facebook community where people would come in and, and we'd offer extra value there. We called it the extended cut version of every podcast that would only go in our Facebook community, right? So I don't know, just like shake it up a little bit and and find a way to take your listeners into a deeper experience rather than just hearing you through their headphones every week. Brie, is there anything else that you want to share with our podcast Envy listeners today? Well, maybe. Community, I think, is another big thing Mm. because, you know, I'm sitting here in my place with my two cats alone, right? Like 
I could stay here forever. And we're humans. We're here for connection. We're here for interaction. Find a community of people that are also doing what you're doing. Like get out there and meet people. Go to any of the, what's the one you said that's coming up in Philly? The podcast Podcast movement. Movement. Go meet people. Go engage with people and interact with people. It's going to help you stretch your mind. It's going to help you get better at your craft and like have fun with it. That is awesome. Bree Seeley's podcast is But How, available, well, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) And Bree, is there a favorite social media or online place that you love to connect most with people? I love Instagram. Instagram. It's my, like, when I left fashion, I was like, I need some sort of artistic creative outlet. And Instagram has become that place for me. What's your handle? Fabulous. And links to all the things, of course, will be in the show notes for this episode at Podcast Envy and in whatever listening app you're using. Thank you, my dear, so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. Podcast Envy is produced by your podcast boss, Andrea Klunder. That's me. The Podcast Envy theme music is by Valentin Sosnitsky, courtesy of the Free Sound Project at freesound.org. And our podcast angel music is by Benjamin Masterpolito, also on freesound.org, as Lemon Cream. All music is licensed under the Creative Commons. Our episodes are mixed by Edwin Ruiz. And hey, if you want your show to sound as good as ours, hire us. Put the magic audio mojo of the Creative Imposter Studios to work for you. Thanks so much for listening, and here's to making your podcast the envy of everyone else.